the changing of the guard at Taiwan's National Revolutionary Martyr's Shrine. This is an island that's always been on edge. It's a self-ruled territory with democratic elections, but China sees it as a rebel region that must be reunited with the mainland by force if necessary, which has led to companies like Foxconn, headquartered in Taiwan, having to reevaluate their options. Hello, Karishma. So nice to see you. Yes, lovely to meet you. I met him for an exclusive conversation. It's the first time he's spoken to an international broadcaster. The concerns of war between the U.S. and China over Taiwan not far from his mind. Does it keep you up at night thinking about this? You know, the possibility that war between or conflict between the U.S. and China might be imminent and Taiwan could be caught up and companies in Taiwan could be caught up in all of this. Well, uh, I would say, of course, this is always a factor that I have to think about. So how do you as a business prepare for something like that? Your operations are headquartered here. You are a vital part of the Taiwanese economy. What's the business contingency plan here? The diversification is one way. As a business, as a CEO, I had to think about you know, what if the worst case happened? So um, we're doing something, you know, some BCP planning. Hopefully it will not happen, but we have to be prepared. I just want to get a sense from you about the economic model in the last four decades that has helped Foxconn thrive, right? It's been manufacturing in China and selling to mainly U.S. customers, leveraging that sort of dynamic, and it's really worked well for companies like Foxconn. Yes. Do you think, because of the current tensions, that model is over? We're in a new world now. I don't think so. Because we are doing manufacturing, uh, we hire a lot of workers, and most of the countries, they want to support their workers, including China. Whether, you know, we are going to you know, have all the manufacturing in China. Would that be affected uh, because of the tension? So far, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Uh, maybe because of uh, the, you know, the, the type of business that we're in. The U.S. has talked about de-risking from China. What does that mean for a business like yours, de-risking from China? We do contract manufacturing for our branded customers. Many of whom are in the West. Right. And they probably you know, get the, the push from their government about de-risking. And then they will let us know. Have they done that yet? Uh, there's some, but not all. You know, th for certain uh, their product lines, uh, like uh, well, certain product lines already moved to uh, Mexico. Well, some of the product lines moved to uh, Vietnam, but not all the product lines. It depends for the products that have national security concerns. Will move. You know, will be the first batch uh, to move. Foxconn's success has been leveraging the relationship between the U.S. and China over the last few decades, manufacturing in the East for customers in the West. By its own admission, 
Foxconn likes to keep a low profile. But even if you haven't heard of the company itself, you probably would have seen one of these, the iPhone. Now, each iPhone contains hundreds of components, and Foxconn makes around 60% of them, from things like the camera module, to the connectors in the device, and even the back of the phone. But smartphone sales are plateauing, and Foxconn needs to find the next big thing, the next iPhone, so to speak, to drive growth forward. Enter electric vehicles. No, Karishma, what we're going to do, we have three new EVs. Right. So we're going to show you one. Oh, okay. fantastic. I'm looking There you go. Okay. We have Model C, Model B, and Model E. Okay, let's go. It's quite different from making iPhones, right? Right, <laughs> right definitely. And this is much more complicated than the iPhones. If we look at the uh, component count-wise, a typical EV will have about 10,000 parts. Comparing to phones, <laughs> it's about 600 parts. It's about 20 times, roughly 20 times uh, more components. Uh, look at this. This is like a big iPhone, <laughs> uh, iPad, big yeah, iPad. Yeah. Right? And so we're very familiar with this, and we're also very familiar with that. Right. Uh, the, yeah, this panel. But put aside the fun and games for a bit, and making cars is a serious business. You've never made a car before. Right. There's a lot of competition. Right. Tesla, BYD, you yes. know, they're well ahead. Those are the EVs. And then there's the traditional car makers. How confident are you that this is going to take off? So far, we haven't seen a big enough companies who is focusing on contract design and the manufacturing services. The companies that you just mentioned, they're all branded companies. They sell their own products, but we don't. So we are going to you know, do what uh, the, uh, with the model that we're very familiar with, which is contract manufacturing. So uh, the company you just mentioned, they potentially are our customers. We can do the work for them. That's why you know, we are very, very excited and uh, we think you know, it's very promising for us you know, with that kind of business model you know, to go into this EV business. You said potentially they could be your customers. Are any of them currently your customers like Tesla or BYD? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. We're already doing something for them but I cannot name them, yeah. Why was it so important uh, to diversify not just the product line, but the geography of where you're making these EVs? Because from what I understand, you're not making the EVs in China, which has been your traditional manufacturing base. I think regional manufacturing for the EVs or for cars is quite natural because Cars very bulky, very big, and very heavy. Now, it doesn't make sense for you to make in one place and ship this very big, heavy thing you know, to another place, another country. So regionalized uh, production for uh, for cars is very natural. That's why we had uh, uh, our factory in Ohio, and we're going to have one in uh, Thailand. We're soon we'll have uh, one in India. 
So what's the ambition here when it comes to EVs and, and the growth for Foxconn in the future? I would say for our future growth, definitely is on the EVs. We see the opportunity of EVs, so we'll, we want to grab it, uh, uh, grab these opportunities. And we think uh, by 2025, we have to reach at least about 5% for us to become significant enough as a player in that industry.